Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis Podcast Show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis, and before we begin today's incredible show, I want to share an upcoming program I am launching in mid-March, which could be exactly what you're looking for to take your life in every way to a completely new level. You see, over the last year, I have received more requests for personal coaching in the areas of creating optimal health experiencing transformational breakthroughs, and reaching one's highest potential in life than ever before. The coaching work I have done over this last year has been exceptionally powerful, and the results my clients have received has truly and profoundly blown me away, to say the least. As I have deepened my work with my one-on-one clients, I realized there was a major limit to the amount of highly dedicated individuals I could serve and support through this work. Because of this, I decided to create a highly specialized group coaching model that would foster an exclusive, highly supportive, and co-creative environment that helps each person reach their ultimate goals in life and highest expression of vibrant health. This is an eight-week experience called the Breakthrough Transformation Program, and it's designed to ensure each participant receives all of the support, information, and practical tools necessary to reach a place in their holistic life they never knew was possible. I will be personally taking a group of 20 people every week through a deep learning curve into the unexplored potential and helping them to accelerate the integrative process of self-mastery. This program will focus on specific areas such as creating invincible health strategies, cutting-edge nutrition strategies, emotional and mental mastery, overriding poverty consciousness with prosperity consciousness, accelerating learning modalities, becoming a truly empowered leader, and building a successful coaching slash service-based business, and trust me when I say so, so much more than that. This program also will include a three-day live event, which is going to be following the online coaching program and an opportunity to join me for a private Hawaii immersion experience. This program officially begins March 15th and will only be open to the first 20 people who register. So in order to discover if this one-of-a-kind coaching opportunity is the correct fit for you and your goals, please shoot me a quick message at Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, at HolisticHealthMastery.com. Again, that's Ronnie at HolisticHealthMastery.com. I'll respond back to you. Um, 
Let's dive into today's episode. And today's episode is with a dear, dear friend of mine, Amber Hartnell. And Amber is quite the amazing human being, quite the amazing woman, just with so many gifts, talents, and inspirations and things that she has created and gifting to the world. And how do I sum up her? How do I how do I explain who she is and what she does? I mean, she's a transformational coach. She's a transmutation coach, which she really helps people turn their life into an alchemical transformational laboratory, meaning that she helps people go from one stage in their life, one way of being, one way of feeling, one way of existing and transmuting all the heaviness of their life and the things that are acting as self-saboteur habits and things that are holding them back and, and alchemizing that and helping them to dissolve away kind of the hard energies, the dense energies of life and and uplift and lighten up the load. Such is the process of alchemy. And this interview was something else. I mean, we I went over to her house in Carlsbad before I went off on a little road trip and what a download this was. Incredible, incredible conversation. And one of the things that I find so amazing about it at the timing of me recording this this uh, this download that you're listening to is that her and me are actually co-leading an incredible retreat at the end of April in Nicaragua. We are going to take six individuals to Nicaragua to a private location, a private house, and put them through a seven-day deep transformation immersion, where I'm going to bring I'm going to be bringing my gifts to the table, and she's going to be bringing her gifts to the table, and it's going to be an incredible, epic, transformative adventure that only six people are going to go on because we want to change people's lives. We want to help them completely transform every area of their life for the rest of their life. So we are inviting six dedicated, committed, fully invested human beings to take that journey with us. And you can actually find more information on the show notes. The link is provided below and you can fill out an application. If you think that you should be one of those six people, you can fill out the application and we will get back to you um, within 24 to 48 hours of you sending that in. So that's something definitely worth considering if you're really on the path of transformation, you're ready to take that next step in your life. So, but back to the interview, so good, so amazing. So many things could be said about this. I mean, we just go so deep into a number of directions and really the focus is on making your life a masterpiece and living a life of fulfillment with ease, grace, and flow and not so much about hard work, struggle, or force, right? Really about grace, inviting more grace into our life and, and actually accomplishing a lot more with a lot less effort. That's really how I sum up this interview. Releasing our resistance to how easy life can be when we just lighten up the load. So with that said... 
Welcome to this amazing conversation of transformation between myself and Amber Hartnell. Amber Hartnell is a mystic muse, evolutionary catalyst, and ecstatic conduit who loves to ride the unfurling crest of personal and collective evolution, inspiring connection and innovation in all she engages with. She derives profound pleasure by guiding those she serves back home to their essence, demonstrating how to embrace and dissolve fear and resistance to access the inherent wisdom readily available by relaxing into ourself, which returns us to our natural state of alignment with life. And there's so much more we could say here, but I'm really just so super excited to dive in with you. Mm, Thank you for inviting me to be here with you. I'm excited to see where we're going to go in this conversation today. Yeah. And I actually have no idea where we're going to go, which is perfect for having you on because really you embody the state of like, the, the mystery, mm-hmm. right? The flow and, and, and allowing life to reveal itself. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I, I continue to get from being around you mm-hmm. and just the powerful work you do. Thank you. Well, that's what's most alive, right? When we release our need to know, then we're actually available to know what we need to know when we need to know it. And that's mm-hmm. what's most relevant and true in each moment rather than being, you know, filled up with the static of what has happened before this moment. <laughs> that doesn't make us so available for what's alive right now. Mm-hmm. You have a beautiful way of articulating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very much like me, like a wordsmith. You're very conscious and intentional with every single word you use and, and weaving it into this beautiful tapestry and illustration of kind of what you're conveying and communicating in a... In a in a visual every time I talk to you one thing is I get like I get beautiful like psychedelic visuals within me that is just really amazing Mm. it deepens actually my understanding of what I'm receiving through your communication so it's just a beautiful thing that I wanted to just acknowledge you for and and also prepare everybody that's (laughs) listening to this for because you may have what we call transcendent experiences or momentary glimpses into a different type of reality, more of a geometrical fractal reality, whatever it is. I, mean, I don't even know what your experience is going to be, but you're going to have an experience. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I love playing with words. It's something I've always been um, interested in, and I, I love to use words to help to transcend the way they've been used. I think historically, words have been used, it's, I mean, spelling, literally spelling to cast spells, but historically, they've been spells cast that bind us into limitation. Mm-hmm. So I love to use words to open what's been limited, to open into the infinite possibilities, to evoke a visceral experience of aliveness, and to expand our possibilities of what is here and available for us to access. Yeah. Mm, I love that. I mm-hmm. use that sometimes. It's like when you spell something out, you're casting a spell. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes people don't really, you know, what I notice sometimes, and I'm, I'm, I'm as guilty as this as anybody else, and that's why I'm so self-aware in my language. And even right now I'm becoming very present to just the words I'm using 
because I do realize that words have power. There's a vibratory charge to everything. And there's certain connotations that societally we just understand are programmed into us and we can recreate meaning, right? So maybe they have a different charge or a different um, uh, meaning to it. Absolutely. Well, really, fundamentally, when we back up behind the words into where the words are coming from mm-hmm. so that we are inhabiting that space inside of ourself that's connected and true. So then the words simply become a congruent external expression of what we're experiencing internally so that there's not that divide and that gap that we so often find when we're talking from our head, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful mm-hmm. distinction, right? Mm-hmm. So is it coming from your heart and your soul? Mm-hmm in an embodied place or is it in a disembodied place which is like is it coming from your head yeah it's a completely different experience to receive that Mm. form of communication because you know the HeartMath Institute has done research where they've really shown that words are really about 2% of communication right Mm. we are vibrational beings so it's what's behind the word that's actually what's most fundamentally being received so that's when we have the experience when somebody is speaking and they're speaking words but you can feel that what they're actually feeling where they're coming from doesn't match the words it creates a distrust you know that creates a break in the the continuity of that expression mm-hmm. and confusion and confusion yeah. Ooh, that's a good one right there yeah i feel like there's there's a there's a confusion climate mm-hmm. in society and, and you know i think we get a lot of you know, things from like politics or so-called appointed leaders or whatever. And there's this confusing communication of like saying one thing. However, there's like people that aren't really tuned in. They kind of they kind of go with the herd, as we might call it. But for people like us or anyone that just can really just kind of see through the veil for a moment, mm-hmm. you, there's this like bifurcation in the communication where somebody's saying one thing, but you're kind of like, I don't know. That doesn't feel right. It's a match, right? Yeah. What I'm feeling. Well, again, I mean, we. it's like culturally we've been entrained into that state of confusion as a collective because when we're mm-hmm. confused, mm-hmm. then we're not in our power, right? We're not connected to our creative power and thus able to then create the experience of life that we desire to have, right? Then we do end up being able to be kind of brought into the herd, you know, and gathered along and directed where, you know, those that are in those positions of power want to collect us. Ooh, Mm yeah. Yeah, so Mm. in order to break out of that, we have to start to pull out the weeds out of the garden of what we've been taking in and accumulating in our consciousness and what we're feeding ourselves through the media and all the different sources, right? When we unplug from that we start to clear out the static in our system so we can actually begin to hear again that that pulse from within, that life-giving, life-affirming pulse that that is always inviting us into greater states of alignment, mm. into higher states of clarity, mm. connection. That's so beautiful. I like how you said the, the static. Yeah. You know, because that's a real experience many people have, I find. I, I have it from time to time still where, like, there's a, there's like a, there's a fog mm-hmm. and I'm like, Whoa, okay. What's that all about? And, and to, to experience that clarity is like, um, this is clarifying really. It's like clarity is its own reward. It is indeed self-fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that state where you're feeling the fog in your brain and the confusion, what do you find most mm-hmm. supports you to shift out of that state and to bring yourself back into the state of clarity mm-hmm. and alignment? Beautiful question. I find that for me, getting really back into my body mm-hmm. and through breath work, through meditation, through through 
disassociating or disengaging, I should say, from whatever activity, because it's usually associated with me trying to do something or some kind of energy, like trying to ride me as if I have to move quicker than I'm moving right now. And so it kind of like some of the static is related to anxiety, some kind of anxiousness I always notice is part of that. So it's actually me, what works for me is actually overriding that by getting hyper-present and getting into my breath and getting internal. Yes. Isn't that really always the golden key that unlocks all the doors? It's like when our thoughts are, you know, being pulled out of the present moment, moment, either by being pulled into the the past experiences, right, that bind Mm -hmm. us or being projected into the future with that anxiety about what's going to happen. And it's all pulling our power away from right now which is where the only place where our power lives. So whatever practices we can do to bring ourselves back into the moment, to allow our mind to focus on the sensation of aliveness in our body, to feel those pulses within, to feel our breath, that's how we can continue to entrain ourselves back into the present moment. Because mm-hmm. culturally, you know, we are being entrained in this forward racing movement. Like everything is so oriented towards the future, this you know, future moment, which we never really arrive in because it's always now moments, you know, no matter what's happening, it's now, 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 now. So the more that we can reverse and train ourselves to be able to come back in and settle down and back into our body to feel that state of relaxed alertness allows us to be hyper responsive to the moment rather than reactive to the conditions. Beautifully put. Um, how do you find that through your work, working with um, people from all over the world of all kinds of backgrounds, how do you find that showing up when you're helping people with that process? Well, you know, first there's a permission, you know, there's mm. permission that's needed, you know, it's like, again, that, mm. that place inside of us that has been so entrained into this is just the way it is. This is the way that my nervous system is entrained to be forward projecting, right? So to first give them permission and actually help to bring them back into their body. So I have a variety of ways that I support them with that. But always breath joined with our attention is fundamental. So that there's infinite ways we can play with the breath and our attention. But that's that's really the key. But it is that permission, permission to feel what we haven't given ourselves permission to feel. So whatever's been suppressed or repressed on any level at any point in our life, it's like it our power gets bound into those places and then patterns get created around that bound power, right? Around what's been suppressed. And so the patterns are what loop in our life. That's what keeps us stuck in that hamster wheel of feeling like round and round we go with continuing to manifest these different conditions in our life that reflect that initial imprint of pain that was not felt in the moment. So it got bound, stored until the moment that we become resourced enough to bring ourselves into that space to feel it all the way through and thus release it, release that power and that pain through feeling it. And then the pattern ends up collapsing. And so that power gets redistributed back into our system and allows us to come into a more full state of presence, to feel our wholeness, our capacity to be with ourselves, to be with the moment without having to utilize all the strategies we developed that Mm -hmm. cause us to be pulled out of the moment. Mm. Beautiful. So, so I guess it it sounds like to me, it's, it's some form of transcending the coping mechanisms. And as you said, the strategies that we use to safely navigate the world. Right. 
it's really transmutation, actually, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, because it's the, we alchemize that energy, because all of my work, you know, what I've been shown again and again, it's not about getting rid of anything, cutting anything out, it's actually about mm-hmm. including, incorporating, mm-hmm. integrating, because those are all just fragmented aspects that, you know, where there's a lack of resolution, so I basically support them to allow that natural resolution to occur so that fragment can plug back into the core so one can experience their wholeness. Mm, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That resonates yeah. very highly with me. And then when we're willing, when we're willing to feel everything, no matter what it is, without the need to avoid it, mm-hmm. we're in our wholeness. That's mm-hmm. that, you know, there's nowhere we can't go. Mm. We can go anywhere from that state. We can mm. feel anything knowing that it's all temporary. It's all finite. No matter how intense the emotion might be or the experience, if we're willing to be with it entirely and feel it fully, then we don't need to um, store it for later when we can actually process it. So Mm. it's just a wave that can move through our system. We can allow it to carve us out and change us and reveal what it needs to reveal about us. But ultimately, we come through the other side and we know our resiliency in a deeper way, which is incredibly empowering. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. So many things come up in that. I wanna, I want to reroute it for a moment to uh, ask you about your a little bit about your story. Mm-hmm. You know, we we had a great drop in a few weeks ago or a month ago, whatever it was, and you're sharing more of the back end story of your journey. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just want to open up that space to kind of like for everyone to get a glimpse into what led you to the state of awareness and just the work you do now. Because it's always like the superhero origin (laughs) stories are always the most interesting. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Well, uh, I have quite a story, and there's so many stories within the story. So (laughs) where would you like me to start? What what aspect in particular would you like me to start with? Oh, let me tune into this one. Um, I want to draw upon maybe a a theme or some kind of catalyst Mm -hmm. here. What was the moment that you shifted from a place in your life um, of, uh, it's almost hard to find the right word Mm -hmm. for this, but like, what was the moment where you viscerally shifted from one place in your life, maybe even thinking for me and my my own life, I, I remember there was a few times, but one in particular where I thought my life was going to be for sure you know, this, this, uh, when I was really deeply in martial arts or athletics, like I was for sure, that was my, my, what my destiny was all about. And then within a moment and ultimately a series of moments that clearly was shifted. Um, so something, I don't know, something along those themes I'm interested in actually kind of unpacking mm-hmm. and it could have okay. been anything. Yeah. Well, gosh, there's so many distinct moments like that in my right. life, and I'd say it's like a fractal, right? Because, yeah. you know, it started when I was seven, and I can share that story Please. and some of the stories after, but then, really, though, to create more context, that was the beginning, but it was a, it's been an endless occurrence of mm. moments in my life that have brought me deeper and deeper and allowed me to become ever more integrated with what was initially revealed when I was seven years old. So it's been mm. a process of continual integration since then. What was revealed when you were seven? Well, it actually the catalyst was my mother's sudden death. So mm. when I was seven years old, um, I had lived with my mother up until then. My father was a stranger to me. He wasn't really in my mm. life much beyond two years old. And my mother died in a scuba diving accident suddenly, which was her favorite place to be. So she left really 
in her favorite space, but it was sudden, unexpected, and um, incredibly traumatic, you know, for a seven-year-old to suddenly lose her mother, who my mother was very dear to me. She was a magical, mystical being, a very special one, and Mm. grateful to have been imprinted in my nervous system for those first seven years, which were really important, but that was the foundation of my life. But the night that she died, she came and visited me. So she paid me a visit in her physical form. I had the experience of her showing up in my bedroom in physical form. She woke me up from sleeping. She woke me up from the dream of sleeping into this dream and showed me that this is also a dream. We're still dreaming, even though we have the convincing experience that this reality is what is. It's very convincing. (laughs) It's extremely convincing, right? It's set up that way. And yet she showed me that... It's just a dream. And so that was the first that was the first key. And then, you know, I was asking her questions like, Well, I don't understand. If you left your body, how are you here now? And she showed me that we are all eternal beings, that she's like, I've always been here, I will always be here, and I've just simply shifted state. So you'll always have access to me. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still here. You just won't have the experience of me in my body from here on out. But we'll remain connected. And that's been true my entire life. My mom has been a guiding light in my life and continually mm-hmm. revealed more of my potential at every single initiatory gate that mm-hmm. I have needed to walk through in my life mm-hmm. to become who I came here to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she essentially, in that moment, she opened me to my connection to source, to myself as the source of love. And in that moment of illumination, I recognize that we are all that. Each one of us is a source. We are all the source of love. It's inherent to who we are. And we come into these human bodies and we inhabit these human suits, right? But this is a temporary experience. And, and you know, from that moment, my higher perceptive capacities opened and I suddenly <laughs> gained the ability to see through time. I saw that time is actually a construct. It's, it's also not real. It's part of the dream. And so I could see that the past... And the future, we're all existing right now. And I had access to all of that. And so I suddenly could see what was imminently about to unfold on my path and that it was going to be extremely difficult. And she assured me that it was absolutely necessary. What I was about to go through, although it was going to be very painful and very difficult, it was essential to my path and what I needed to learn in order to be here in this life and to fulfill my mission, what I came here for. And so she assured me as well that even though it was going to be challenging, I would always be connected and I would always be loved, even when it wasn't apparent on the outside in the conditions. So she left me with a very significant imprint and an opening. And then having to go into a very highly contrasting environment, going to live with my father, who was really a stranger to me. Mm. Um, It was an extreme amount of distortion there with him. So he was an alcoholic. He was physically abusive. He was in the military, and he was also delusional. So he actually lived in a world inside of his head that had very little relationship to this one. So it was distinctly different from this one, so very confusing, right? So that was my dip into confusion and my attempt to understand how does this work and what is truth? Because it wasn't that he was compulsively lying. It was actually he believed mm-hmm. he believed mm-hmm. it was true. So mm-hmm. I realized that was true for him, even though that wasn't true for anyone else around him. So it was the beginning, actually, of my training in multidimensional awareness, you know, and realizing these these splits that can happen. Sometimes when we have these fractures through trauma, which eventually happened to my father, I discovered, Mm -hmm. he ended up splitting as a young child. And so even though his Mm -hmm. body continued to grow, 
part of his awareness got stunted at a very young age, and so he developed this entire inner world that was a safe place to be because his external environment was not safe, wow. right? So I ended up, mm. some of my greatest learning began to happen through these, through this environment of distortion. He began to whip me with about pretty, um, pretty shortly after I moved in with him to, quote, discipline me, right? That was just the way that it was. And even though it was confusing to me, I did not understand, like, why would somebody do this to somebody? I'm a good person. I don't deserve this, right? But I couldn't stop it from happening. Mm. And so very shortly into it is the first time when I heard the inner voice activate, clear as a bell. And it simply said, in one of these moments where I was being whipped with a belt, said, let go into the bed. And so I went from being contracted in a ball to simply opening as much as I could at that moment, releasing as much resistance as possible. And I found that it hurt less. And so I basically began to experiment with it, with discovering each time, how much more can I let go? How much more resistance can I release to this experience, which I have no control over? And I realized that I had complete command over my response to the conditions, even though I had no control over them. And through mastering my capacity to release all resistance, or as much as I could in the moment, I came to a place of neutrality, where it was no longer so painful, you know? And and even in some moments, there was no pain, right? So there was varying degrees of, of that experience of low pain to no pain. And eventually, at one point, when I was about nine or ten years old, is when one of these distinct moments happened for me, where my quantum awareness opened up. I was being whipped, and all of a sudden, everything shifted in slow motion. I, I like to um, use the analogy of in the, the movie The Matrix, where the bullets are coming at him, and he has a super long response time. It was like that. And I suddenly look around, and I can see that space was full of these like dancing, partly squiggling dancing particles. I could see them. And I look down at the bed and I see that it was made of the same things and my body and the dresser. And I realized in that moment that nothing was actually solid. So I was seeing through the construct of this physical reality to the fact that it's all just quantum particles dancing. Mm -hmm. I didn't have those words at the time, but that's Mm -hmm. what I was experiencing. And then suddenly my awareness Mm -hmm. rose and turned so that I saw my father in front of me. And I watched him melt down into a three-year-old little boy. And then I saw him getting abused and his father getting abused. And I saw this chain of pain that was being passed down generation to generation. And the actual line of energy moving out through his hand, which was holding the belt, which was slowly making its way towards my body. And then that moment of the impact of the belt on my bottom. And then the waveform of particles up through my body from that impact. And my heart became like a vacuum cleaner. And it was sucking all of that up, that line of energy. It was sucking it up. And in that moment, this indescribably immense compassion began to explode through me. All I could feel was compassion for his pain, for this little boy who had been hurt. And I saw that was the moment of the fracture in his, in his system, right? Where he, although his body grew into a full-blown man, full-grown man, part of him remained stunted at three years old. So he was emotionally stunted and he didn't get to develop fully from that point on. And which created the experience of the delusion. Again, living in a, a parallel reality, even though he was functioning in this reality somewhat. So in that moment, it obliterated any possibility that I could ever view life through the lens of victim perpetrator. Mm. Because I realized in that moment, the only reason that anyone ever hurts another person is because they were hurt at some point, right? And so it's just a continuation of pain. And really the antidote is compassion and understanding, being Mm. able to see through that and to be able to transmute it again into love, into that compassion. So that was also the first moment that I realized myself as a transmuter. 
from that moment on, that was inherent to my system. That was happening in the field, the electromagnetic field of my system, my body, constantly. In every space that I would inhabit, it was this experience of cleaning up the field, creating coherence out of incoherence, helping to stabilize. And, and there was this indescribable, causeless joy that continued just to erupt from the depths of my being, regardless of the incredibly challenging conditions that I was planted in. Mm. So I was empowered, even though it was horrendous in so many ways, there was an experience that I was empowered because, again, I had command over how I responded, and I was able to transmute it and, and work with it in a very generative way. So that gift has just continued to refine through my life, become ever more fine-grained and, and potent in its application. Mm. Mm-hmm. And one other key within that is also realizing that within every challenge is a gift. Within every shadow is a gift. So I trained myself, rather than resisting and moving away from, I trained myself to move towards intensity, Mm -hmm. to move in towards challenge, Mm -hmm. hunting for the gift, looking for it actively. And always it's revealed when we are willing to move in, to release our aversion to conditions, and to see what's actually behind it, we will reveal it. Mm. Yeah, the solution is built right into the problem. Always. Right. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's only our resistance to it that keeps us from accessing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's been one of the fundamental tenets that I've cultivated in my life is, mm. is you know, rather than the tendency to contract away from what's intense, yeah. you know, we, we're afraid we can't fully feel. It started with the whipping, right? Because mm-hmm. the resistance away from it causes us to hurt much more. But if I, if you can actually soften into it, and move towards it, then you neutralize it, right? Mm-hmm. 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 And it can move all the way through because it's like water trying to move through a hose. If you put a kink in it, the water's going to ram up against that point until it forces it open, right? Eventually, it will open. Yeah. So we can actively participate in the process by unkinking, by mm-hmm. releasing the tension, releasing yeah. the binds, the resistances, and letting that current move all the way through us. Yeah, like you can't keep tying a knot because you just have more knots. And you see that in the body. People have, they're all knotted up. Yeah. Right? So that's, so at some point you have to do the work to untie the knot and bring harmony to the system. That's right. So that's really essentially the work that I, I support people with yeah. in so many different ways is that finding where they're bound, where the life mm. force is being constricted, you know, where the patterns are keeping that the life current from flowing all the way through the system and vitalizing our expression. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Where we're getting in our own way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some of the ways that you've seen the, some of the commonalities in that when you're working with someone or just in your observation of how people most often get in their own way. Mm. Is there certain examples that correlate? Oh gosh, there's so many ways. I mean, mean, Uh I've worked with, I'm kind of known for being brought, you know, I do work with um, many people who are in positions of power, right? And they Mm. have very often very highly sophisticated defense structures, you know, well-developed egoic structures, you know? And Mm. so... Um, it's kind of fun for me. It's like solving a puzzle, you know, uh-huh. because they can be sometimes wily, you know, and um, tricky. And so, you know, it's there's there's so many ways, but there are there are definitely some core tenets that I find in most everyone that I work with, and I'd say one of the most fundamental patterns that I experience um, is a lack of worth, mm. like the belief 
that on some level I'm not worthy, right? And yet what ends up happening is there are a whole host of compensatory patterns that are created around that. So that's often when we see very well-developed egoic structures. It's, it is overcompensating mm. for an extreme insecurity mm. or lack of worth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really just a result of a divided state of being where we're not connected to who we truly are, so we're overcompensating. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that one too. Most often is this, this deservability quotient. Yeah. Right? It's just something that's been conditioned within us to not see our own value, to devalue ourselves. And we see that a lot in kind of similar work that we're engaged with in the coaching space and conscious entrepreneurialism where there is this split between receiving value and providing value. And I've more recently come to the realization that actually the more I value myself and the more self-love I allow myself to engage with, I actually am able to receive more. And in that reciprocation, I'm actually able to give more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this beautiful Fibonacci spiraling um, flow. Yes. Essentially, it's, it's this unified flow right. opposed to that compartmentalization of split I don't know, identities or personalities of like valuing or being, or better yet, being, um, being, fractionated between um, a potential a potential timeline of, of you know um, how I see myself mm-hmm. in the world how I'm, I'm showing up in the world the value that I see myself um, providing and receiving and then also not quite connecting that yes. being split between some kind of um, devalued state yeah. if that makes sense right absolutely which has been a learned behavior right mm. Um, this is such an interesting conversation and I love this one. And, you know, we've talked about this together. You know, there's something really key within this conversation that is often missed. And that is, you know, there's a lot of focus on providing value and offering our totally, gifts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but the thing is, is give, that give, 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 give. often the ego gets wrapped up in that, you know, totally. it gets actually, it's, it's a little bit of a trap. It gets wrapped mm-hmm. up in needing to contribute, needing to provide value, but that actually becomes a very natural effect mm-hmm. of filling up with our own gift, receiving our own gift first and foremost, right? Yeah. Our own gift being what flows naturally forth from the depths of our being, right? Mm-hmm. So it takes form in our services and the way we show up in the world. But often what we see is the people are offering their gift, but they haven't actually received their own gift, wow. the nourishment of their own gift first and foremost, right? And when we receive our own gift so that we are in such complete integrity with who we are, we fill up its nourishment, right? Mm. When we saturate in it, there comes a point where we filled up with it, we're so nourished that we just naturally begin to overflow it, right? So mm. we're moved by our inspiration. Mm. And that changes the quality of what we offer. It makes it much more impactful. It makes it much easier, right? Mm. It's like the gates just open. Life rises mm. to meet us because we're not trying, we're not striving, which inevitably creates resistance in the system, right? Totally. So it becomes a natural extension of who we are, and people are naturally drawn to that. Like, as you know, in my work, I have never marketed myself. Right. I, my work is a constant trail of referrals booked months in advance and it's just coming from that place where people are just drawn because they can recognize the resonance of integrity right and that's what people want to experience in themselves so they come looking for that how can I be 
living in greater alignment with who I am and integrity with who I am so that my ego, my offerings, all of this external expression just becomes a congruent and natural Mm. extension of who I am in essence. I'm connected to that. I'm filled up with that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's amazing. That's, that's an incredible insight for everybody that is pursuing something. Um, Especially in the, the entrepreneurial climate, because there's so many, there's so many mixed messages and, and people, myself included. That's why I know. That's why when I say people, I'm I'm including myself in that because I know what it's like to be watching YouTube videos of this person, that person, and to feel like, you know, am I doing this right? Am I um, not getting the results that I feel like I should? Da, da, da. And you go through this whole like minefield mm-hmm. of, of booby traps in the mind and it, it'll take you on this rigmarole and <laughs> this little roller coaster and it's like it can be a very challenging it can be very challenging to know if you're on the right path um, and that's why I love this insight and this message especially because it's it, it transcends um, just talking about like um, I guess like uh, personal power, which is all these are super incredible. They've been super powerful for me. Um, however, I'm in a place, and I think a lot of people listening to this are in a place where we're looking for the essence. We're looking for the true substance of what makes one. Let's use the word successful as a just kind of a reference. Um, because there's certain, there's an essence. It's not just like a strategy, right? Every, you know, I think a lot of us are like, we're kind of like getting out of strategy yes, mode yes. and allowing kind of the strategy to be a, an unfolding possibility moment by moment. Right. Yeah. Um, but the essence is what I'm really interested in because I want to know what kind of person do I have to become in order to be the space for what I want or what I believe I want. To emerge, yes, opposed absolutely. to me trying to treat life like a vending machine. That's right. That's <laughs> so true. And this is, you know, it might seem a little amorphous for those that aren't yet in that space, but it's actually a highly functional choice. Totally. Because you know, our, our higher self has the overview of all the conditions, mm-hmm. right? And moment by moment by moment, it is sending us impulses, always mm-hmm. attempting to guide us mm-hmm. on towards the path of least resistance and greatest fulfillment, always, right? So when we rest back into ourselves and we're in that state of relaxed alertness, then we're able mm-hmm. to respond to those impulses and, and they're very trustable, right? And so that's where life can just be a constant unfolding of synchronicities where life is, again, rising to meet us, giving us endless opportunity to show up, to share who we are, to fulfill our purpose. Like it's, it's endless and it's graceful and it's easy and it's fun and it's delightful. So if we're following the trail of what lights us up, of like I say, following the trail of our delight, right? Mm-hmm. Then that's an indicator that we're actually in alignment with that stream that is attempting to guide us, right? Right? So, you know, if something isn't working or we're trying to figure something out, it's not quite working or gelling. My strategy is to, to step, to stop and yeah. pause and actually step back into myself. And I have to call it resting into my magnetism. So again, I drop back into my mm-hmm. core. I fill up, I fill up, I rest, I fill up. And then I wait for that impulse to arise within that compels me into action. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm a very active person. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm fluid and flowing, but I get a lot of stuff done, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot happens in my life, but it's guided from this way of being yeah. that is very nonlinear. Yeah. 
but again, highly functional and much easier than anything else I've ever attempted. Mm. And I've been successfully able to support many, many, many other beings to arrive into that same place inside of themselves where it has its own unique expression. They move in accordance with the music that's guiding them from within that is, again, guiding them on their own unique path. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So everyone has that wholeness navigator within, right? That internal navigator. Mm. So it's really about attuning that and letting that lead the way. Mm. Wholeness navigator. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's such a great place to come into alignment with. You know, this this whole overarching idea that we have to work 16 hours a day to be an entrepreneur or to whatever little memes we have to feed our family, to put food on the table. Um, I mean, geez, like it's like we, we've really we've really done ourselves a disservice in a, in a certain sense of like trying to trying to hype ourselves up or motivate ourselves to do hard work, right. which is like it's like it's nice to like oh I'm a hard worker and then it's like oh wait a minute like but do I need to work so hard? Why am I working? So why is it hard? Right. It's like oh am I actually just doing things that are completely out of alignment with my unique design Mm -hmm. and is that why I'm working so hard right it's very inefficient it's very inefficient (laughs) totally yeah love like ants don't work hard they just (laughs) no smarter yeah yeah right synergistically so it's really like I'm always interested in what's most efficient and effective right you know so I'm really letting that guide me Mm. and but you know this thing about this is a cultural conditioning working harder like that's like people wear it like a badge yeah, of honor, totally. you know? And so that's part of the unwinding and the re-entrainment to realize again, life wants it to be easy. Yeah. Life wants it to be fun, mm. but we're culturally, collectively shifting out of eons of an imprint that has told us that, you know, we, we have to, life is about, you know, struggle and there's conflict and yes, we're growing and we're learning and we're accomplishing through struggle and conflict and <laughs> adversity, right? You know, but Actually, we're realizing this is part of the evolutionary curve. We're coming into the remembrance that we are fundamentally designed to continuously innovate through play, through pleasure, through joy, through delight. Like actually when we're in that space, it's constant innovation. You watch nature. That's the way that it occurs, right? We are nature. So it's actually coming back into alignment. But again, that's where the permission comes in. We have to give ourselves permission to let it be easy. Yes. To let it be easy and let life show us that it is a functional choice mm. when we let it be easy. It actually works much better. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. To give ourselves permission to allow it to be easy. Yeah. That really strikes a chord with me, yeah. Because there, there, I experience this, this back and forth mm. of ease and, and, and push and pull. Right. Push and pull, push and pull. And, and the gap gets smaller and smaller, but it's still there. And, and so... There is that sense that um, there is a permission narrow slip yes. that I have to give to myself. Yes, it's like I, I gave a um, I gave a workshop on Friday, and one of the things that I was talking about is the whole nature of healing and the nature and the psychology of disease and how we carry our pain with us. Yes, and there comes a moment in time where you just declare that you're healed. Right. It's like, okay, I don't need to process this for 20 more years. I'm, I'm healed. Yes. I am whole. I am perfect now, and I'm moving on with my life. Right, exactly. Well, because the more that we dig for things to heal, the more we'll find. Totally. Right? It's, I mean, it's that's just endless. a basic fundamental tenet of the universe. I mean, they call the uh, law of attraction, right? So yeah. like whatever you're focusing on, you'll keep generating It's almost a pathology I see in the healing field. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I speak to that a lot. It's like, 
Because my experience is that we all come into this life, into this fresh new body, right, as wholeness completely intact. And then we go through the process of accumulating veneers around our wholeness Mm -hmm. from the familial patterns, the cultural conditioning, our education system, the media, all of that, right? And then we begin to relate to ourselves as the veneers, as the egoic structures, right? (laughs) That keep us from readily accessing our wholeness, which remains intact at the Mm -hmm. core. And so it's really just the process of what we call healing is a resolution back into wholeness, but it's just a peeling back of what we've accumulated. Those veneers we've accumulated and we arrive back into our most natural state of being, which is already resolved. It's whole. It's healed. It's who we fundamentally are. But we have to give ourselves permission to resonate here, to click back into that and let everything else fall aside. Mm. 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 That's so amazing. And once we give ourselves permission... Our life starts to conspire in that direction, right? Yeah. Once we really step into that and open up to that, I notice events and circumstances and people start to conspire in more of a unified path that are that are aligned yes. with that declaration, with that that mantra, right. that thing that you repeat within yourself ten thousand times for it to become a living, a living teaching, mm-hmm. right? Opposed to a static even like affirmation. Yes. Right. And and even more deeply than you know, tell ourselves that. Yeah. Feel it. Feel it. No, exactly. Like yeah. land in it, feel yeah, yeah. the visceral imprint yeah. of it in our body. Mm-hmm. And when we're in it, once we tap that place, it's really and we anchor into our nervous system that this is home base. Yes. This is what I will continuously return to. Because we have to anticipate we're going to get pulled out, right? Totally. We still right, live in a right. world that, you know, where there's a large <laughs> gap and a large experience of division. So no matter how anchored we in, are into the state of being, we're going to have those moments where mm-hmm. we, you know, feel the collective body and we feel, you know, all that does pull us out of that natural state of being. And yet the moment that we get pulled out, the moment we recognize we've been pulled out is the moment that we are empowered to choose to slide right back in, right? Mm-hmm. Breath by breath. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as a breath and our attention coming right back in to re-anchor into that imprint. And once we're there, substantiate within it, like like juice every drink every drop of juice from it, like fill up with it, and we spread it open so that that becomes the dominant experience, right? Because for most people, you know, for some people, there's experience of we tap that place, right? Mm-hmm. And when we tap that place of truth, it's like, oh. This is home. This is the realest, truest thing I've known, right? But they're generally fleeting moments of unification. And then, you know, we get pulled back out into the patterns, right? Because that's what's stronger. And so we, we begin to tip the scales and reverse that so we end up spending more and more time connected to our wholeness, in touch with who we truly are, right? Mm. Feeling our essence, feeling that state of alignment mm. and that relaxed ease inside of our skin. So the more that we inhabit that space, the stronger that imprint becomes until that begins to spread open wider and wider until getting pulled out becomes the aberration, right? Mm. And then when we get pulled out, it's like, oh, interesting. I got pulled out. <laughs> we don't beat ourselves up. We don't wallow in the fact that we got pulled out. We just note that we got pulled out and know that in this moment, I'm now empowered to choose to return again. And I found in my experience and in everyone I've worked with that there's always something we gain from getting pulled out. Like when we get pulled out and we come back in again, there's a deeper level of integration. There's a new level of fortification that happens within our wholeness, right? So we do become more integrated through that whole process. Mm, That's beautiful. That's a great way to, it's a great thing to, to, to just say, because oftentimes we can beat ourselves up when we get pulled out, but it's actually, 
part of the process, and yeah. there's something to be gained and reintegrated and, and made more whole. That's right, because we are here having a human experience, you know, okay. and so <laughs> why resist the human experience? You know, it's like, let's get messy. Let's not resist anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I like to describe ecstasy as our willingness to embrace the full spectrum of our experience without denying any aspect of it. So again, if there's nowhere that we're unwilling to go, we're free. We're free. And then we don't take any of it so seriously anymore. <laughs> we realize, like, we're just here playing the game, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just getting more adept at playing the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and not putting so much weight, yeah. so much weight in it, you know, which then activates our infinite creativity. So we're doing an incredible immersion retreat in Nicaragua mm-hmm. on, at the end of April. And there's going to be six people that we invite to join us. And I just feel like this is going to be truly, truly monumental, epic proportions of transformation are going to occur. Yes. Massive biological upgrades and integration into yes. one's wholeness really in training like as a as a collective body and that's why we're keeping it super intimate so we can really work on a very very deep level with each one as a group developing shared awareness with each one being able to click into that experience of substantiation into their wholeness and also to clear out whatever is being held in their body that is obscuring that vital current from fully animating their expression yeah the perfect combination yeah I really appreciate our synergy like our pieces of the puzzle fit so beautifully mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. Like you you are masterful at developing um, very high levels of um, structural integrity these forms of structure right mm-hmm. that I get to come inside <laughs> of and dance within and inhabit and bring alive and it's a really really beautiful synergy that we create together mm-hmm. I'm very excited for this this is going to be amazing it's going to be fun what is um what is something you would like to share with everyone as we as we conclude off? Mm. Uh, beyond what's already been shared. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Like maybe maybe with the brilliance that you've you've transmitted for all of us right now, what is something or a few things that people can do to actually stabilize these higher vibrations? Mm-hmm. Well, again, bringing it back to you know what's most simple. Right? Because, you know, I love there's this, you know, Hawaiian expression, this Huna expression that says simplicity is a measure of truth. <laughs> and so although it's fun to dance within complexities and infinite complexity that always has to be brought back down to what's most simple and fundamental, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what's most effective. And so really paying such close attention moment by moment to the sensations in our body, to the breath. Like, bring yourselves back to the moment. Again, noticing if your thoughts are being pulled into past experiences, the pain of the past, or being pulled into future moments of what's to come, and continuously bring it back to the moment. So breath by breath, and really allowing each breath to be an invitation in our awareness. Mm. Each exhale is an opportunity to completely release, essentially to die, of what has come before this moment. So that there is space for the next inhale to receive the fullness of this moment, to receive more of ourselves, to allow these higher frequencies to actually stream through our body. It's like we we widen the aperture so that we can receive more of who we are through the breath, breath by breath, 
Feel the feet. Feel ourselves in our body. Notice what's alive within us and how life is reflecting that around us. To invite ourselves to meet challenge and intensity with openness, with a receptivity and with a curiosity and a willingness to discover what's just hiding beneath the surface of what's obvious here. Mm. Like, what is the gift? There is an agreed-upon gift on some level that we, we have agreed within this exchange that there's a gift that needs to be exchanged. So whether what's arriving in my experience is preferred or not, can I be available for that gift? Totally. totally. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So fantastic. I'm so grateful that you shared this with all of us mm. and to be here in this space with you. No, thank you, Ronnie. It's always a delight to be with you, period. And it's wonderful to get to share what moves through us in a very organic way with all those that will be listening in on this and hopefully receiving some gems that will impact their life mm. and allow them to feel more embodied and empowered within their experience of moving and navigating through this very complex and often confusing world. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What? Um, what's your website? My website is my name, so it's amberhartnell.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much. I'm super grateful for this opportunity, and everybody out there listening, I'm super grateful for all of you, as always, for tuning in to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And joining us for this special episode with our special guest, Amber Hartnell, and just tuning into this type of wisdom that really can profoundly shift things for you, can profoundly touch you in the deepest levels of your body, your mind, your soul, and and help you align those areas for yourself. Because I know that all of us experience fragmentation, all of us experience the opposite of integration. And we so deeply yearn for that integrative experience of life. And so we can fully be embodied and and get on with it, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. And receive our gift and offer it forth as our most vital contribution to this realm. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, I know we haven't actually launched the retreat yet, and we have people interested and we're going to be creating some personal invitations yes. for key beings that we wish to serve. And to, it's going to be a very highly curated group. But I wonder if those are if there are anybody listening that are feeling a very strong pulse for this. Is there a way that they can contact you to request Absolutely. an application to join? Totally, I, I'm actually for everybody listening. I'm going to have a link to the description website on the on the show notes, so you guys will be able to to kind of check that out and see the details of it. It won't be a a heavily promoted site, but there will be a website for everybody that is interested in it and is invited to look over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be in the show notes here. And you can simply email me or message me on Facebook if you have my contact. And um, I'd love to be able to um, send you an application to fill out and, and see if it's the right fit. Mm-hmm. And also, probably waiting list for the next retreat as well. Absolutely. Yes, because yes, there will definitely be a continuation. <laughs> yes, I, lo- I love the fact that we can create moment by moment. That's right. And that's really what the beauty of being in a space with, with two people like us is going to allow you to do is to get deeper into your body, but also to use your body like a tuning fork as yes. a, a more capable conduit for the creativity that is 
incubating within you and just wants to be birthed out and overflown. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another ecstatic episode. And until next time. Mm. Much love, everyone.